0: Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention go check out our Twitter page at Midcourt Madness for all of our show updates as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, Coach K has lost control of his players, and Biggs, you just hate to see it.
1: Grandpa of the year, though? Could be. You know? <laughs> Uh,
0: But more importantly, we've got some upsets to talk about as Seton Hall beats Michigan, Marquette beats Illinois, and BYU absolutely pummels Oregon. And then after that, we're going to finish by previewing the weekend slate, which includes some good tournaments, bigs. Let's get into it. Let's... Alright, Biggs, let's get like the the Coach K stuff out of the way and then let's talk about some teams that might actually, you know, do some good good stuff this season.
1: Okay. I'll defer so, to you on this.
0: Okay. So here's the story as I know it. As an unbiased fan. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I think it is I think it was early Sunday morning. Um Michael, it's uh, Savarino. Saverino. And Paolo is not Severino. Doesn't he pitch for the Yankees? Louis Severino, ooh, is that um, his grandson too? God. Really
1: similar, yeah. It's
0: it, it, it spelled differently though. Okay, um, but yeah, and like Severino's that just so happens to be Coach K's grandson. Which I have to laugh at this, and I've I've heard Beheim has like a younger wife, but they're very similar in age. Beheim has two sons on his team, whereas Coach K has a grandson on his team.
1: Good for Bayheim.
0: Yeah. But anyways, they get pulled over, and um, Saverino who is the driver, gets a DUI? Was it DUI or DWI? I don't know what the difference is either.
1: DWI.
0: DWI. And apparently in North Carolina, they have a law where – because it's, bon, it's Bonchero's car that Savarino is driving. Correct. And so it's, like, it's almost like aiding and abetting if you let a drunk person drive your car. That's what happened.
1: That is correct. Yep. Benchero was uh, was in the back seat, uh, just stretching out, I guess. Uh, yep. gra- grandson of Coach K is basically the Uber driver for him. And, uh, yeah, he got he got taken on the aiding and abetting. Um, I'm curious if they if uh, – they're probably both just drinking, right? They're probably just both drunk, and one's a little less drunk than the other one. And the, the less valuable one was the one that got caught driving.
0: And I think I don't know if you're listening to Am College Basketball today, but Parrish was talking about it from the perspective of he thinks the reason the rule is in place is say for example, or like where you can sort of like why this could have happened. So like say for example, you you're a teacher, right? And let's just say your wife is um, owns a business. Okay, if you two went out and drank together, and you both got you know equally drunk, we'll say. And you just want to get Which never control. happens.
1: My wife never gets uh, less drunk than me. It's absurd.
0: <laughs> well, she's uh, she's responsible, unlike you. But in this case, if well, you were to re- no,
1: d- no, 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 no. I'm the responsible one. She's never willing to dd for me. So I am actually oh, the good husband here. Don't let <laughs> yeah, her tell yeah. you that's anything else. She is never <laughs> willing to dd for me. <laughs> now, okay, Anyways. now that we got that cleared up.
0: <laughs> Anyways. You know, you're the teacher in this case. So if you were to get pulled over for a DUI, there's a chance you could get fired. Well, if your wife were to get pulled over the same on the same evening, she's a business owner. She's not going to fire herself.
1: Not well, I mean maybe if they have any if they have any shred of decency, which coach K obviously doesn't have any.
0: No. But anyway, so yeah, that's just the story there and let's see. They played last night and there was no suspensions, surprisingly. Or maybe sure Sabreno did. Yeah. You yeah, know, I tweeted out that he was going to um, have an indefinite suspension of one one practice, but I, I don't even know if they had a practice in between there, so that's why they practice. Maybe they held
1: them out a shoot-around.
0: Maybe. Maybe they didn't allow them to wear Duke apparel for one hour during the afternoon. Well,
1: doesn't Coach K do that? Doesn't he, if he's disappointed in the team, says you can't wear Duke stuff, you have to yeah, learn he, that?
0: he did that, did that like two or three years ago when his team wasn't wow. playing well. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What a clown! I don't know. Uh, I I just want—we need to. We're contractually obligated to tell everyone that we are the maddest about this. Uh, We do not allow DWIs; is completely unacceptable. However, mad anybody else is, I'm even more mad about it. Okay. However mad you are about it, I can't allow this kind of thing.
0: I just want to say, however mad you are, Biggs, I'm actually madder.
1: Whoa, whoa! You think you're madder? I'm pretty darn mad. I'm really mad about it. (laughs) Uh, it's it's at this point, it's like I don't even really care uh about like the the kid probably did something that you know everybody does. And I do think it it's just it's like the jokes at this point just write themselves about Duke and the suspension stuff, you know. Yeah. I mean, they really do. And uh, you know, God for you know it's Coach K's, it says, you know, it's farewell tour. How could they have this kind of drama? How how dare they consider doing this during Coach K's farewell tour? yeah it's uh I don't know there's so much absurdity to
0: it that I just I hate talking about it. yeah, so let's move on from it. no more breath will be spent on this. Uh, now biggs there's been some uh, upsets the past couple evenings now which one do you want to start with? Which
1: is the most upsetty of them? God I mean you know you say upset and I know you you had mentioned it a couple weeks ago how like you hate that there are that there are preseason rankings. Yes, and boy, I mean, if you were just if you threw out the numbers last night, let's let's start with Oregon BYU because I think that one was maybe the most significant of the upsets. Ah, no, it wasn't. See, I guess the Hall beaten Michigan was a pretty big one because Michigan is considered our title contender. Were let's start with that. Home one. Teams were both of them home teams. No, the Oregon uh, Oregon BYU was on a neutral, okay. but it was in it was in Portland, so. Kind of an Oregon event, right? It was, a bit, it was it was the Phil Knight special or the Phil Knight Invitational or something like that. If you were to remove the number thirteen from the front of Oregon's label, that game was anything but enough. I mean, BYU just they throttled it. Right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like an upset in terms of like you know, plucky old BYU comes out. And... Can you hear my dog barking? Oh yeah, he just doesn't shut the fuck up. It's unbelievable, <laughs> lyric. Stop. Stop. Probably school buses driving by. Or the mailman. Ugh. Yeah. They say dogs can't read. He can read. UPS, FedEx, Amazon. Yeah, he knows how to read. But I mean, BYU just completely throttled them. It didn't look like it was some Cinderella knocking off like a big bad Goliath. That, BYU is the far better team. I don't know. I mean, Oregon, I think Farnham was talking about it last night. This isn't maybe the team that Oregon's going to be. We need matchups like this because you know it, it's a it's a test about where you are right now. That doesn't necessarily mean later in the year, like Oregon later in the year. I think will be better than BYU. But my God, I mean BYU was better in ev- nothing about that win last night felt fluky.
0: Mm-hmm. They just yeah. trust them. And like you know, if BYU would have won by like five, okay, I wouldn't been surprised. It's the fact that they just absolutely pummeled them and. You know, the star from last night for this game and probably all of college basketball was Alex Barcelo. 25 points on 9 of 11 shooting bigs.
1: He's off to an awesome start to the year. Like, the guy's just been – he's been lighting it up. He was terrific last year for them. He was pretty good. He was kind of a a second or third kind of banana on the BYU team a couple years ago that was, like, awesome, that had Yoli Yoli Childs or whatever. This kid's off to an an amazing start, though. He's an Arizona transfer from a couple years ago, and, I mean, the kid is – he's a, just a pure shooter. Uh, He's kind of got a a little bit of dog to him. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's been great. And BYU, I I think, I don't think anybody's going to say BYU is better than Gonzaga. I mean, I think they're very clearly though, like Gonzaga's in its own tier. I think BYU is probably in its own tier as well with regards to like the WCC.
0: Yeah. And you know, I've talked about it before with you where I feel like the West coast conference, second best team gets a little preferential treatment just because they're the second best team. And it in a league with a very, very, very good team. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel that way this year. Cause I do feel like they are a very good team this year, especially, especially if our keeps playing this way.
1: Yeah. You drop them into the Pac 12. And I mean, they're probably yeah, UCLA uh, as probably based on what wins they've got so far this year. Uh, I mean, BYU would probably be as good as anybody else though, or better than anybody else in that league. Even, I mean, they, they just throttled the team that everybody thinks is the second best team, yep. you know, on a neutral. So yeah, they're off to a great start, and I mean, this is this is going to be a thing here with where I mean, Mark Pope is a, a rising star in kind of the coaching rankings. Uh, he's a guy that I mean, BYU's been they've been very good here in the in the last couple of years. This is not just kind of a they're, they're coming out of nowhere like this, this BYU team is upstart. A couple of years ago, I mean, when the season got taken away because of the pandemic, BYU was ve- viewed as kind of a dark horse Final Four caliber type of team. Mm-hmm. I remember at that the end of the year they were kind of really ascending. Um, and, and and last year they were strong. They were what a six seed going into the tournament, or six or seven. And, and now they're a top fifteen team. I mean, they're they're a, they're a powerhouse program out there.
0: Yeah. And just from just to continue on a little bit, you know, BYU as a team shot sixty percent last night, forty uh, percent from the three, um, whereas Oregon shot thirty two percent. So you know, just big difference there. Um, the other game I want to talk about, bigs from last night. You know, we talked about. it earlier was Seton Hall beating Michigan. And it was a close game most, most of the game. Um, Seton Hall was able to sort of build up a lead towards the end. Was like They were sort of like locking down on defense very well. And I can't remember who it was, uh, but Michigan gets fouled. 0.8 seconds left, down two. And they only made one of them. And, the sec- and it was the second free throw, and he actually tried to miss it too. And so Seton Hall escapes with a one-point... Two-point victory because they got a free throw after that. Now, I think the biggest aspect of me thinking this is an upset is just, you know, Michigan was a home team here and top five team. Now, Seton Hall, an unranked at the moment. I don't think they're going to be unranked for much longer. I think they're going to be ranked very soon unless they drop a game this week. And I do this think this team is a team that can definitely make some noise in the Big East. We've talked about Villanova in the Big East as you know the top dog. Seton Hall is right in that. Conversation to possibly be the second or third best team.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think when we did our Big East previews, I was, I was pretty high on the Hall. I thought you know, Villanova kind of gets their own. They're at they're at the top. They're top dog. Uh, league runs through Philadelphia, wherever Villanova is. Yep, uh, that's there. that's where the Big East goes through. Uh, but after that, I think there's there's kind of a a group of maybe four or five teams that all kind of could make the case on the right night to be the second best team. And I think I think the Hall could definitely be that team. I mean. They've got really good depth. They played nine guys last night double-figure minutes. They had two guys come off the bench with uh, with double-figure points. Uh, another guy with 8. I mean, they had 37 of their 67 points came off the bench. I mean, that's just not something you see a lot in college hoops right now. Uh, and, and 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 to be honest, they they won the game not because of great offense, but they they obviously played great defense, but if you can win games in kind of this low-scoring fashion, any, anywhere you can get the points is going to be a huge boost and if you have you know if your starters on on a particular night aren't going well you've got guys off the bench who who have shown that they can do it i mean Bryce Aiken he's a Harvard transfer who was like averaged like 22 a game 3 4 years ago at Harvard but his career's just been crushed by injuries um you know he's a guy that that all the all the reports coming out of there are that he's uh, he's he's looking good he looks like fully healthy and back and if if you have a fully actualized Bryce Aiken that's a kid who can really put up some points Trey Jackson came off the bench last night with 13 and six. That's a former top 100 recruit, uh, committed to, uh, Missouri a few years ago. And for whatever reason, just didn't, it didn't really work out, but that's a guy with, with some pedigree and some talent now as an upperclassman, you know, you've got Jared Roden and Miles Kale, who are multi-year starters for them and Kadari Richmond started, he didn't even score. Uh, and I, and I tend to think he's going to be one of their best players by the time the season's over. I really like the depth on this Seton Hall team and, um, you know beating Michigan at Michigan is is a really nice feather in the cap
0: Yeah And then let's see let's toss it over. you know, we talked about this team last week a bit, but Virginia is just a flawed team and you know we previewed this on Sunday with Houston and Virginia going at it and talk about how like it's gonna be a low scoring game and I think I said something like 44 to 40. And I was right on one side of it, you know, because Virginia only had only had 47 points, but Houston is able to score 67 and beat Virginia by 20 points last night. And I, I get that Virginia is built on defense. I really do. And that's Tony Bennett's thing. But the points have to come from somewhere at some points.
1: I don't even think Virginia can win games scoring 47 points. I mean, as good, I mean, if there's a team in the country that can probably win games 47, 40 something, I guess Virginia would be one of them. But you got to be able to score. And I guess more than that, Here's, here's, here's the thing that I found the, the scariest maybe about the Virginia game last night, and I guess this is maybe simultaneously something that you can be frustrated with, but also if you're a Virginia fan, say, well, we fixed this. You can only fix so much with the talent, right? They, they don't have a lot of talent, so you've got to figure out a way to get around that. They had 17 turnovers last night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's That's not very Virginia. Virginia has always been a team that, for their offensive flaws – they always rank high in offensive efficiency numbers because they take care of the basketball, um, and they and they, they just don't. They're efficient in terms of they they shoot the three usually pretty well. Uh, when they shoot, they generally make it at a decent enough rate. They just don't play very fast, so their scores look really low. Right, the the Ken numbers and their offensive efficiency are usually pretty decent. Turning the ball over seventeen times, no dice. That that can't happen. And then they went thirteen to twenty-one from the free throw line and four of nineteen from three. I mean. It, it's hard to imagine all of those things stay as poor as they are. And obviously Houston's a really, really good team. So they probably have something to do with that, but, but you're right. I, I am a little worried about just where's, where's the offense coming from. I mean, Armand Franklin, he's going to be one of your, one of your kind of relied upon perimeter guys. I mean, he was just kind of a decent player for an Indiana team the last two, three years that has been disappointing. Jaden Gardner is you know one of their better offensive guys last night he, he looks small. I mean, those Houston big guys are not exactly, none of them are kind of household name, big guys, and they just kind of bullied him, you know? And, and he played for, or see he's a transfer from like East Carolina or something. So, I mean, he puts up 18 points at East Carolina, but
0: it's just not, the same. it's it's not the same. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's not, it's a little different now. So it's hard to imagine them, them being a great offensive team. I, I think, I trust Tony Bennett, I guess, to write the ship here and get this team to being good. But I think we have to recalibrate the last three, four years. Virginia, even when they even take out take out the national championship year where they had Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, uh, and DeAndre Hunter as kind of next level players that that fit that system well on both ends of the floor. Even the following year, though, you still had Mamadi Diakite, who was a was a pretty good player. Last year, you at least had Sam Hauser, who had been a proven. Score at a high major level for for a decent Marquette team, and you had who was Jay a you know, Jay Huff exactly. I mean, he was a quality player and a role piece on their championship team. You know, a guy who could play. You know, Trey Murphy, who who was a first round draft pick, a big physical kind of swingman with a ton of skill and athleticism. They just don't have that on this Virginia team, and and they're going to have to kind of MacGyver their way to some wins. I think.
0: Yeah, and it's weird, you know, they won a title three years ago, the first team to ever do that the year after losing to a 16 seed as a one seed. That's but crazy. It's crazy to think that this could be almost be like a rebuilding year for them.
1: Yeah, that's, I, I think so too. And, and I'm actually very curious now because we we've talked about it a ton, how much college basketball has changed and the, the one year transfer guys can transfer out and not have to sit out. Virginia is one of those programs that they excelled with development they would get guys in, and they would they wouldn't play a ton as freshmen, right? Guys would redshirt. DeAndre Hunter was a redshirt. He went from a redshirt freshman, uh, or he redshirted as a freshman, and and then he's a top five pick two years later. Um, you know, guys, guys that stayed three, four years and develop over the course of time, and, and and now in in this current college basketball climate, you know, two of their best guys are transfers. How did? How do they work? You know, I think they've got to maybe reinvent themselves a little bit. They're never going to win recruiting battles, right? But you've got to find guys that – I think that, that means you have to be able to find guys that you can – find diamonds in the rough that you can develop. Uh, and unfortunately, when that happens, if you miss a couple of those guys, you know, you have a class that sets you back a little bit, you're, you're maybe some trouble. And this is what we might be looking down the barrel of here with this Virginia team.
0: Yep. Now, Biggs, Shaka Smart gets his first big win. At Marquette, and it comes against the number 10-ranked team, the Illinois Fighting Illini. And I get, you know, they're without coffee, Cockburn. But how much should Illinois fans be worried just from the fact that Curbelo was turning the ball over quite a bit? Uh, He had seven turnovers and also scored 11 points on 18 shots.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm interested because... You know, we do this in sports a lot where guys are, they, they fit a certain, maybe a smaller leverage role where we, we see backups come in and they excel and and they're really good in like 10 to 12 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, 20 minutes a game. They're they're good in these smaller roles, but sometimes the more you play, the more you get exposed. And sometimes that means the more, the more you get exposed, the more weaknesses show. Could Curbelo be one of those guys where he's great. If he's playing 15, 20 minutes a game as kind of the, the second or third kind of fiddle with Io DeSumo taking on, you know, Io DeSumo last year was at the top of everybody's, uh, you know, opponent's scouting report, right? Curbelo now is at the top of everyone's scouting report, okay? If, you, if you've got weaknesses in your game, teams are going to find it a lot more now because you're playing 35 minutes a game. Uh, they're going to figure out your tendencies. They're going to figure out what you don't do well. And the Big Ten, th- this wasn't against the Big Ten a Big Ten team, but um, – these coaches are going to find weaknesses and that that's going to be interesting to see Can, is he up to that challenge because i think everybody had him on you know he's like the face of the college basketball breakout player list right i mean everybody thought yep. this kid is going to be the, the he's going to be special
0: people doing their player rankings probably had him top 10 top 15 somewhere in there
1: enormous yeah i mean yeah. on, on small american lists which is you know, in hindsight, isn't that kind of crazy? I mean, a guy who was a good backup as a freshman, now all of a sudden we think he's an All-American. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I probably drank the Kool-Aid and thought, yeah, is probably going to have a great year. Uh, but, you know, if you think about it, this might happen to these guys. I mean, he didn't play enough last year to have a game like this. He only played enough that his positive show and a little bit of sign of negative, negative kind of stuff, we get him on the bench and we put in, you know, Io Sumu. You know what I mean? And now we have to play through some of those weaknesses. So I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't the last game that he has where where it looks rough. I think with yeah. Carbello, I mean, he is a he plays with a certain flair. Uh, I think you're going to have maybe some some more kind of highs and lows. You know, he's going to have some incredible highs. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a game where he goes 11 to 13, knocks down a few threes, has a dozen assists, yeah. and, and looks like the next coming of you know Jason Kidd or something. And then, and then he'll have a game where he goes four seventeen 17 from the field with, with a dozen, with a half a dozen turnovers. And, and he looks just utterly, you know, perplexed out there against a certain defense. So I think you're just going to have to ride some highs and lows a little bit with him.
0: Yeah. And you know, I just pulled up his uh, season stats and he's averaging nine and a half points per game for the season, but on just under 27 points or 27 points, 27 uh, field goal percentage and actually has not made a three pointer all year. And I don't know how many he's attempted or if he's known for it to be like a perimeter shooter at all. I
1: don't think he was a particularly great shooter. He's more of just a, he's more of like a, I always kind of thought like, he reminds me a little bit of like a, like a Tony Parker where like he can just, he feels super, he looks super comfortable and he's just kind of dribbling around in, in the paint, like in a, in a contested tight area. And he's got kind of the cute little floater game and finishes and stuff like that. But you know, if, if people go underneath him on screens and force him to take jump shots, I think that's where he can get in a little bit of trouble. Yeah.
0: Now, just kind of a few more games we can just touch on, because I think the real meat of this episode, Biggs, will be with the games coming up this weekend, because there's a lot of them. But, you know, Ohio State has sort of a, we can call it a get-right game for them. They win 89-58, to 58, granted against Bowling Green, but much more of a balanced scoring attack. We've talked about before how, It was basically just EJ Liddell and no one else. Now they had five guys um, score between 11 and 13 points per game or 13 points in in that game. And it also included some production from guards, Michi, Michi Johnson and Eugene Brown. So definitely, you know, a good sign for them. Um, Fans should be excited for that. Um, Did you get to watch that at all?
1: I did not. Nope.
0: And just full disclosure, I really didn't watch any basketball last two nights.
1: Ooh, you missed you missed some good action I, I, last night. I,
0: I, I was at the car dealership both nights, getting like, with the GF.
1: So did you see? Did you go in there though? Knowing did you did you did you go in willing to walk away? Because if you're willing to walk away, that's yes. when you can win. Yes. Okay, that's what they always yes. say. Yep.
0: Um. Uh, let's Great see. Back to yes. Thank you very much. Now, do you want to talk about Belmont or yeah Belmont and Furman? Maybe.
1: Yeah, that was maybe one of the better mid-major matchups over the week. Um, I, I I love it. I, I Furman and Belmont are two of my favorite mid-major teams, uh, and Belmont came out with the win. So let's go. I don't know what else is there to say.
0: And definitely a high-scoring game. I saw, you know, Belmont gotten got to ninety-five and uh, usual guys for Belmont leading. So um, really nothing else to touch on there. Now I'm torn on this next one, Baze, and I want to get your opinion on this. Okay, are you more happy? For our mean green or sad for our boy Jonathan?
1: We're a team above individual kind of podcast, so I think we got to lean mean green here. Okay.
0: So, yeah, North Texas beats Buffalo in sort of another little mid major matchup. Um, another one, Providence beats Wisconsin. I would not call it an upset, would you?
1: No. I think they're both kind of mid tier, lower end of their conference kind of clubs.
0: Yep. And you know, it seemed like Providence would pull away for good, but Wisconsin did make it into a five-point game late. Um, and then for Wisconsin's, you know, Davison and Wall—I think Davison had like twenty-five or twenty-seven. Yeah, he was so, their
1: only—he was their only guy that did much.
0: So he proved that he can do it against against teams other than North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, and then Nate Watson leads Providence, twenty-four points and fifteen <laughs> shots. And then we. Um, is it AJ Reeves? Yeah, AJ Reeves and Al Durham sort of chipped in to get that victory. Um, Memphis over St. Louis, and Memphis gets the win. But I'm just looking at the box score. Sloppy game for them with 24 turnovers.
1: That's what they always have been under, especially at least in the last few years with Penny. I mean, they're just a they're a turnover machine of a team and. I mean, they're going to beat St. Louis because I think St. Louis is not—they're—they're they're down, and I think even heading into the year, they're without their best. Their best guy got hurt before the year started, so you know this St. Louis team is a shell of what it has been, and I would expect it to be kind of middle of the pack in the A10. So, I mean, Memphis is a far more talented team. It'll be interesting to see if when Memphis plays some good teams, uh, can they get that offense going, or is it just going to be uh, we're going to go put the, we're going to go AAU style and just you know not value possessions and stuff like that. Because yep. you know, if they do that, I don't think they're so talented that someone can't get them.
0: Yeah. And then sort of an unlikely leader there with Tyler Harris being the leading scorer at 18. And, you know, I have not had a chance to watch Memphis. I need to make a make a point of it to watch them very soon. Just, I, don't know, I like the flashy sometimes, bigs. I know yeah. we are an anti-flash podcast, but sometimes I like it.
1: Oh, I mean, they're, they're intriguing. They're most, they're most certainly an intriguing club. I mean, they, the, you can't, the talent is undeniable. You know, the talent is undeniable and um, the depth, the depth is there. I mean, they have all of the pieces to be a team that, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if in four months, they're, they're your national champions because I do think they've got enough talent to do it. You know, if Tony Bennett were the coach of this team, well, maybe not Tony Bennett, I don't know if his style really fits this. if, <laughs> And, and name me a coach though that we respect I don't know like uh, if Nate Oates are the coach of this team or if uh, let's say Muscleman, muscleman. M- muscleman sure you know somebody like that or Dana Altman you know or anything like that then you know I think this Memphis team would maybe be the favorite because I mean the talent yep. they got is insane yep. and you know Bates and Duran are off to off to good starts uh, Duran I mean man alive I haven't watched a full game for Memphis he is massive. I don't know how tall he is. I bet you he's like probably about six eight. He looks like remember remember what Bam out a bio kind of looked like. Yeah. When he oh, even yeah. when he was at Kentucky, he was he looks massive. like he looks like Dwight Howard had a child. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what this. I mean, like Duran looks like he is like Dwight Howard's. I I don't know ch- child. I guess he looks like a, <laughs> a like a baby Dwight Howard. I mean he is enormous for Does he wear like, the double double arm sleeve probably not that's where he's got he's got to develop you know he's okay. got to add more stuff to him I guess I don't know yeah. I don't remember to be honest with you but he's a big physical specimen I don't know how skilled he is but um he's a presence I'll tell you what so I, I'm, just I'm gonna sure make a prediction here.
0: Too. I'm just gonna make a prediction I'll report back to you later but Memphis seems like an accessories team so I'm gonna predict Ooh. at least five headbands
1: Okay, how many arm sleeves?
0: I'm it's five. Five only? You think it's gonna be more?
1: Well, let's see. They play. If you play eight, nine guys, I mean, we we could potentially be looking at like you know. Do
0: I have to look at the bench players 16. and count them too, or is it just? I would just go with location guys. So players who actually get in. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll You have potentially
1: two arm sleeves on on each player because everybody does have two arms, did. as I, far as I know.
0: I'm just going by the player, not the arms. <laughs>
1: Okay, okay, I see. Uh. So you're thinking five out of the nine guys. Yes. Okay. What about if guys have two arm sleeves though? Isn't that worth mentioning?
0: Sure, I'll, I'll separate those out. <laughs>
1: here's here's the thing about Memphis. We are going to see if Memphis is for real oh, over the next month. They have Virginia Tech uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Okay, that's a, that's a team we think is pretty legit, even though they're unranked. Virginia Tech is uh, has got some talent. That's that's a real team. Yep. And then and then in in mid December like a month from now, they have a back to back on a Tuesday and Saturday. They play Alabama and Tennessee. So those are th- those are two of the teams that we think are That's brutal. That yeah, that's two of the best SEC teams, you know, two of the best teams in the country a month from now who knows. I mean, these teams will all, you know, if you're going to play some of these teams right now, obviously these teams are going to look a lot different in a month when they get when they get some holidays to practice and some games under their belt. So you know, we'll see a little more, at least, closer version of what these teams will look like. At least at their peaks, they're not going to be fully formed, but we'll we'll see what Mem- Memphis's time is coming here because I'm really intrigued to see what they look like against some of those other legit teams.
0: Yep. Now uh, I just got one last game we'll touch on, just because as a fan of this team, I'm concerned, Bigs, and that is North Carolina, who they are three and all. I'll give them that. But their last two games against Brown and against Charleston and against teams who, I'm not saying they should destroy each of them. Um, they should probably destroy Brown more than they should destroy Charleston. But they've had their issues. If like It's been close in the second half. And if you looked at, like, you know how, like, uh, football does a time of possession? If you did, like, a time leading, I think they might be down in each of those games.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't watch much of the Brown one the other night. I watched the, the very end of it when they started pulling away. I had my eyes a little more on this Charleston Charleston Southern game. The The environment was definitely raucous. That Charleston yeah. Southern team, uh, Pat Kelsey is a coach that I would not be surprised if he's not at Charleston Southern very long. I think he's going to be yeah. – I think he's going to get a job somewhere pretty quick. I honestly – this is like maybe a small – like. I would not be completely shocked if like, like five months from now – if Xavier doesn't have a great year, I wouldn't be surprised if Pat Kelsey's name pops up in that one because he played at Xavier. Okay. It feels a little tough to to go from one one job to another in one year, but I wouldn't be surprised if within the next three to five years he's he's coaching somewhere big time because I think he's a really good coach. Uh, but it felt like it felt like Charleston Southern just played a little too fast for their own good. I think that wants to be part of their identity, uh, and once North Carolina kind of finally slowed the game down. Yep. Um, and they went memory. to
0: Baycott a lot. Rightfully yes. so, he was a star.
1: But you're right. Some of the some of the issues. I mean, winning that game is not that's inconsequential for for what their season is. You're looking right now for clues as to what this team's going to look like when they're fully formed. Yep. And the defense was not. Even though they they ultimately the field goal percentage was not great, uh, the defense was was really lack, especially mm-hmm. early in the first half. It was the same issue with 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 the teams of the last few years. People always talk about how many three-pointers they give up. Well, they give up the th- 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 the three-pointers is like the the illness. Uh the symptom of giving up all those three-pointers is you can't contain the ball. They give up so yep. much dribble penetration. Their guards just don't stay in front of people. Nope. Um, and then they do overhelp and that leads to easy pitchouts and K- easy pitch threes. Yep. You know. So I'm a little worried about that. I still don't love watching some of their guards, Caleb Love and RJ Davis still play just I don't know. They're just they're they're okay. I, I Caleb Love had a nice stat line last night because he got going late and had some free throws and stuff like that. But he still just does some stupid. He's he no. to me looks he screams everything about his body language to me screams like I want to look as cool as I can. Yep. Um, he, he just he looks like a guy who just wants to look cool. I don't know, but um, we'll see. Yeah. We're gonna get to. I mean, that's a great segue into this upcoming weekend because. That that four team tournament they're in, they're gonna get two big time tests, and if they're and if they play as poorly as they did, you know, against some of these mid majors, they're gonna they're gonna have a couple blowouts. They're gonna they're gonna get embarrassed. Yep,
0: and yes, yeah, so let's just hop right into that. Um, and that kicks off this Saturday, goes into Sunday. It's the Air Res- Air Force Reserve Hall of Fame tip off, and. It's I don't know what order the games are in, but Saturday it's Villanova against Tennessee and North Carolina against Purdue. Uh, The winners of those two games play Sunday. The losers also play Sunday. Now, if you were to just predict, who do you think is going to win this? Who's the best team here?
1: I think Villanova is better than Tennessee, and I think Purdue is better than Carolina. And then that would set up what would be a really, really fun matchup on Sunday if Villanova played Purdue because those two teams are very different Purdue's enormous. They've got two monster, big guys, you know, and now, and I'm kind of thinking the more I've, the more I've been thinking about since our last pod, and we talked about Villanova and how I expressed a lot of doubt and worry. I've been thinking about that more. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, was I a little too hard on them? They lost to a, a team that we think is supposed to be one of the best in the country at their place in a game where they had like a 10-point lead in the second half and it, and it got away from them. But don't you have to be pretty damn good to get up 10 on UCLA in a second half of a game where you're three hours outside your own time zone really early in the year?
0: Yes. Sorry, I was looking at the Ken bomb here.
1: No, that's okay. You, you know what I mean? So, like, maybe, I don't know, like, I I think it's, it's hypocritical to go on one hand and say, man, this UCLA team, big win over Villanova, they look like they're a contender, and then they're going to say, man, Villanova sucks, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I can't yeah, stand like they didn't game.
0: get blown out by any means. Like they, they, they sure did no, And no. they're they're without some of their depth without Brian Antoine. And if I
1: at UCLA, yeah, it's three hours from like a three hour time difference from what they're used to. It's yep. the, the first week of the season. So I mean, I don't think that's like a that that I don't know why I think I overreacted a little bit. It's I not think, a crime because,
0: on their part to lose that game, is what we're trying to say.
1: Yeah, and and I think Villanova is still a really good team. So. I th- I think Villanova will come out with two wins, but a- as you know, the matchups. I mean, I, I like Tennessee a lot too. I think, Tennessee and I like win Purdue. I think all f- all four of these teams are pretty. I think Carolina's the worst team, pretty easily out of the four.
0: Don't you dare say that, but I agree. Um, Tennessee, I think, is going to actually. Uh, I've heard so much good things about Kenny Chandler. I haven't had a chance to watch him play. Yeah, he looks I've smooth. Heard so many good things about Kenny Chandler. So I think. I don't know. I think it's going to be Tennessee over Purdue in the championship.
1: Ooh, you got Tennessee. Okay. Yes. I like it. See, and that's the thing is I, I think Villanova, but I also, I mean, Tennessee's got some pieces, man. I mean, that's a team that's got a lot of talent and they've got a big athletic team, kind of like what UCLA's got. They're big and long on the wings. And I could see Villanova, that's that's the type of, if you're if you're building a team in a lab that can give Villanova a trouble, like trouble, I could see it being those long, lengthy, big kind of athletic teams that are not going to let them kind of muscle them around with their with their guards. I could see them being being trouble. So I, I'm really looking forward to both games.
0: And I'm just pulling up something because just because was curious. I was, what's the? Uh, I'm looking at the sort of minutes between Travion and Zach Eady. And I see they're playing very similar minutes 19 minutes a game for Edie, 18 for Travion. But the points per game is 18.7 for Edie, which is very impressive, and 11.7 for Travion. What's that? What's the what's like the per 40 on that for Edie? That's like 36 points per game.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy. Now, granted, who's Purdue playing? They play haven't played anybody, so uh, let's look. We can't just assume bigs.
0: Okay. Uh, Bellarmine, who we talked about, is very confident. That's right. Schedule. Where are they at again?
1: That's based in Kentucky.
0: I don't remember. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Who cares? Uh let's see here. Bigs, we got another. Uh, let's go to the Charleston Classic. How about that one? And almost like it's more of a mid-major type of tournament. You know, you have St. Bonaventure versus Boise State. This tips off Thursday, by the way. St. Bonaventure versus Boise State, which is probably the best first-round matchup. You have Clemson versus Temple, Marquette, Ole Miss, so those two games aren't much. Elon versus West Virginia. So I think the two teams to really watch out for to probably make the championship would be St. Bonaventure and West Virginia. Um, any other teams you like here?
1: Honestly, I, I find myself kind of intrigued, really intrigued by that St. Bonaventure-Boise State game. And I wouldn't be surprised. It's spr-
0: almost a championship right there, I feel. Yeah,
1: that's that's what I was thinking. It feels like those might be the two best teams. I mean, West Virginia, obviously, but I'm kind of the most intrigued by that first round, that very first game of the tournament. And then the rest of it, it's like, eh, I don't know. The rest of those don't do a ton for me, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. like right, Clemson-Temple. I mean, Clemson's very much down this year. Yeah. Marquette-Ole Miss. has been down
1: for a long time.
0: Ole Miss is sort of like a cellar dweller in the SEC and Marquette. Granted, they just got a big win, but... It could be more of a fluke, um, and I mean West Virginia is a good team, and so I think like, West Virginia probably has an easier route to the championship than St. Bonaventure. Yeah, but I, think, I think St. Bonaventure is going to win this whole thing.
1: Probably a West Virginia Marquette second round game could be kind of interesting. I mean, if we if we I tell you what, if Marquette goes and they they beat Illinois, even without even without Coffee Cochran, if they can knock off West Virginia, I, I,
0: I, I think his suspension's over though.
1: It is. Oh, but, oh sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: They
1: they beat Illinois, and now if they can come back and and pick up a win over West Virginia, maybe we have to recalibrate how we feel about Marquette. Maybe that's a team that. Well, maybe, maybe there maybe there's something there. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I think there are four decent teams in there. There's no there's no big like ooh sexy kind of team in that tournament, um, but I think there could be some decent enough games. It's something something yeah. something to watch. You know.
0: Now let's see. Let's go over to the which one do I want to go to here? Let's go to the Myrtle Beach Invitational.
1: Ooh, this, ooh, ooh, ooh. Myrtle yeah. Beach. Okay, so
0: yeah, let's, let's just go there for a vacation. Uh, should we? Should we cover this? Should we go there and cover this? Yes. Okay, I'm down. Um, that tips off Thursday as well. We have Davidson, New Mexico versus New Mexico State, Penn versus Utah State, Oklahoma versus East Carolina, and Indiana State versus Old Dominion. Now. I mean, I think the class of this tournament's really probably Utah State and Oklahoma. Yeah, maybe maybe Davidson.
1: Yeah, I think Davidson's kind of down though too. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. I don't know what Davidson's got. Uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot to that one. I think Oklahoma. I'm intrigued by what Oklahoma could look like potentially, and. Yeah, maybe Utah State as well. I mean, they just beat Richmond here last week. So hey, I mean, if you can if you have a chance here to to play one of these teams like Oklahoma, stacking stack some nice non conference wins together, it could be impressive.
0: Does uh does Tanner Grove still have the like the lumberjack beard? That's what I'm looking forward to. Are uh, he better? Yeah. That's what we that's what we know him by.
1: Is he Tanner Groves if he doesn't?
0: What was the other growth? It is Tanner Groves with the beard. What's the other
1: girl? Yeah, Tanner, Tanner Groves. Is it Jacob Groves? Is it? Yeah, that's it. Jared Groves. Jacob. Jacob. It is okay. Jacob.
0: Yep. Um, let's see. I got one more tournament to note, and like the big ones, really tip off beginning next Monday. Yeah. And so you know we'll definitely be previewing more of those on the next podcast. But the last one I have that's really noteworthy. It's called. I've never heard of this before, but the Roman main event. Uh, this tips off Friday. And then continues on Sunday. It's much like the uh, the uh, I can't think of the name right now. The North Carolina one that they're in. Where, did I delete that?
1: Not the uh, not the Battle for Atlantis.
0: No, the one that they're in this year. I must have deleted that off my sheet. Oh, there, there it is. Sorry. It's yeah. much like the, Air, the the Air Force Reserve Hall of Fame one, where it's just you know a four team tournament basically. But yeah. It's Arizona Arizona versus Wichita State, which Arizona's look good. So sign far. up for that. For with uh Tommy Lloyd so far, they murdered North Dakota State last night, and they're a very Ooh, good team. Big so,
1: win anytime you can take yeah. out the Bison,
0: that's right. You know, seven out of eight national champions or something like that. Oh, wait, wrong sport. And then Michigan versus UNLV. So, I mean, I'm intrigued by Michigan
1: Arizona matchup, Biggs. Yeah, who's Michigan play? I didn't catch that. UNLV, okay, yeah. Yeah, but I mean potentially, I mean, we talked about this before, but I mean you always think like, gosh, the if these matchups could happen, this game would be really interesting. And then those matchups almost it never, never happen because UNLV UNLV will go mess it up by beating Michigan for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, an Arizona Michigan game though could that, that has my attention. When does that one start? Give me the tip. Give me the tip. When does that Uh, one? So it's
0: so no, it's Friday and Sunday. I don't know the tip.
1: Oh, Friday, Sunday. Okay, good, good, good. I like
0: how they did that. I wish the uh, the Air Force one did that where there's a day in between.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. So
0: that my my Tar Heels are well rested for their third place game.
1: (laughs) The friendship game. Exactly. Tarleton is playing a college called Paul Quinn on Friday. I'm not sure why I found that somehow that popped up on my screen.
0: <laughs> and- are you sure that they just? Are you sure like they don't have a uh, incoming recruit visiting the college named Paul Quinn and Paul Quinn's at Paul, Paul Quinn's
1: at Tarleton on Friday? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. I have a few more games here, bigs, that are not part of any tournaments. At least I don't think they're part of any tournaments. And a couple are on Thursday, which is tomorrow from when we're recording. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee versus Florida, which you look at that right away, you're you're thinking, why am I even saying that? But Milwaukee does have one of the I think he was a top ten recruit this year in Patrick Baldwin, who is the son of was it head coach or assistant coach? He is the head coach. Head coach. So definitely a little uh you know a lot of these upsets are just because of one guy sometimes. And could Patrick Baldwin go for 40? We'll see.
1: Well, the only reason he's on the team is because you know, his dad is the coach. Kind of like the reason that you didn't play quarterback for your high school team was because the other kid was his dad as the coach. That, that's right. So, and you know, I don't, I don't nepotism, know if you listen. We're an anti-nepotism podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we hate nepotism, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we hated the Hubie Brown or Hubie Davis hire.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes. Um, another game Thursday, Biggs, is Ohio State looking to continue to get right against Xavier, which – yeah. Do they? They don't have free
1: yet, do they? That I don't know. Okay. Boy, that if they would... do though, that that all of a sudden becomes a game that that could be really interesting to watch, and, and one that's like, hey, you know what? I mean, shouldn't Xavier maybe be favored in that? We like Xavier, don't we?
0: I would, yeah. If if, if they have free elite, they're definitely favored. It. Um, and it's just, it's probably a toss up without him in there. It says, let's see, could be back by late November. So I would say probably not.
1: What's late November? I guess post Thanksgiving, probably.
0: Yeah, I'd say like, yeah, this the 20th be twentieth or later. I didn't even go further than the twentieth. I'd say like the twenty fourth.
1: Oh wow! Okay, so the day before Thanksgiving.
0: Yes, so not quite Thanksgiving or later. You, there's one. Yep. one day ahead of that.
1: One day. All right. Now, yeah, those are, those are some intriguing. How about uh, how about Arizona State at San Diego State? That's a Thursday night matchup on CBS Sports Network. Arizona State. They have the you know, the, the only reason anybody thinks about Arizona State so far this year is because they got upset by UC Riverside and like a ridiculous buzzer beater shot. Um is that
0: the three quarter court one.
1: Yeah. And yeah. and I don't think like the the big takeaway from that is man, Arizona State sucks. We lost to UC Riverside. UC Riverside's good. If I'm not mistaken, that's supposed to be like the best team in the what conference is that? Is that like the Big West? UC
0: Riverside.
1: I think it's the big west.
0: I should probably put conference when i
1: No, no, granted. You know, Arizona State, west, you probably west. shouldn't you shouldn't be losing to big West teams. But I guess if you're gonna lose to a big West team, you might as well lose to the best one. So I don't think Ariz I don't think this means Arizona State sucks.
0: Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on one second. They are not the best team in that conference space. You know who is? Ooh. The Gauchos.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which one's the Anteaters? That's uh, UC Irvine. Yes, yeah. We've got Santa Barbara the Gauchos. We've got Irvine the Anteaters. What is? I wonder what the. I wonder what Riverside is. Riverside is.
0: I Google it, and they think that I want to know about like their tuition and stuff. That's not what I'm looking for.
1: I bet you their tuition is absurd. They're the Highlanders.
0: Highlanders, okay, like a Toyota.
1: Yeah, I think I'm in on. I think I like Anteaters the best.
0: I like the Gauchos.
1: Yeah, Gauchos are pretty sick too. Yes. I think Arizona State is going to be okay, maybe not great, but I think they're okay. And San Diego State is a team that I think is going to be pretty solid. That's a game. I don't know. It'd be a game that if you got nothing else to do, be worth watching. Yep.
0: yep. Now, this is listed under the Kentucky Classic. I don't know if this is an actual tournament or if Kentucky just wanted to get more eyes in this game. But Ohio versus Kentucky on, I believe it's Friday.
1: It's the Kentucky Classic at Kentucky. Yeah. With Kentucky it, playing against somebody it's almost, like,
0: it's almost like on semi-pro the uh, the Flint, Michigan
1: Mega Ball. <laughs> oh, absurd! Uh, maybe Kentucky picked the wrong team though for the Kentucky Classic because you know Ohio's Ohio's legit. So we'll yeah. see. Maybe they'll give them a game.
0: Yep, could be a good one. And I just got one more that's on Saturday. This is probably my mid-major one to watch out for, Biggs. Our team that is named after a Canadian rap star.
1: Yes.
0: Against Richmond.
1: De-ba- oh, yeah. Oh, Drake. Yeah, not baby. <laughs>
0: Degrassi?
1: <laughs> Degrassi. Yeah. Yeah, Richmond at Drake. That could be a good one. I think Drake is supposed to have a good chunk of their team back from last year that started out great. And Richmond, you know, hey, you're We keep thinking Richmond's going to be decent. That'd be a, that'd be a great opportunity for one of those teams to to get a win.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, just a lot of good games leading into this weekend, and then into the weekend too. Big, so I'm very excited. Now, do you have any other games you want to talk about, or or really any other topics?
1: Honestly, I, I'm I'm glad this weekend is going to be a, a pretty exciting slate because the college football slate is not particularly exciting this weekend. Perfect timing. You know, yeah, so it's great timing here. It's kinda like the SEC teams all seem to have like a weird kind of big down stretch. You know, our our dogs, they play like Georgia Southern or Georgia State or someone terrible where it's like, Okay, I guess there's no point in watching that. There's a and couple of-
0: must, we must be getting close to like the uh, when College Fool has basically their uh conference championship week. That's yeah, that's. Early?
1: I think that's the week after Thanksgiving. So we're we're like three weeks out of that right now. So two so, weeks from
0: this Saturday. Two weeks from this yep. Saturday, basically.
1: Yep. So we got we got this Saturday. We got next Saturday, and then and then it's on. So basically, right. do, you know, fifteen, seventeen days, something like that. So yep. perfect. Um, it's coming up, and that yeah, weekend, the college season is going to be great. That weekend,
0: that must be like the December fourth weekend. Oh, that's. Yep. I, gotta, I have a Christmas party to go to.
1: Damn. I know. I know. I have a staff. I have a staff thing here too. And it's like, wait a minute, but but like our dogs are playing.
0: It's like, will there be TVs there? There I better be,
1: or I'm not yeah. going.
0: Jesus Christ. All right, Biggs, let's get out of here.
1: Bye!